Hey everybody, we are back. It's episode 80 of the Alfie Watton podcast and on this episode I have an expert panel of UK recruitment industry experts. These are people that hire uh, technology staff, software engineers and all different types of um, professionals really on a daily basis. So they're here to give their expertise, their insights, their thoughts, their opinions on whatever you want to hear from them, basically, really in the areas of recruiting, of finding a job, of resumes, and so on and so forth. So um, as you'll see on the chat, you've got a live chat feature. Uh, please post your, your questions relevant to those topics in the chat, and we'll get through them one by one over the next half an hour. Um, and also, you'll see a thumbs up feature underneath the questions as well after you post them. Um, if you see a question which you want to ask the same question for, just don't retype the same question, please just thumbs up somebody else's question and then that, that'll move it towards the top and then we can get the uh, the most popular questions answered in the next uh, 30 minutes. Um, before we, we kick off um, with the episode, just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, uh, welovealpha.com. Uh, if you're looking to hire software developers in the UK, that could be Java, C Sharp, Python, React, mobile, blockchain and more, uh, go to welovealpha.com and you can find the developers that you need to succeed and scale your team. Cool. So without further ado, um, we'll go into, into the panel. Um, lovely to get a quick introduction from everybody and um, know who we're speaking to. So um, if we kick off with uh, with Vish, could you uh, give us an intro, mate? Tell everybody who, who you are, please, and, and what your company does. Sure. Thanks, Alfie. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Vishnu. Uh, I'm part of the uh, tech recruitment team at Derico. Um, I've been in recruitment for about uh, just over 10 years. I've always done hiring in and around technology. Uh, started with a classic background of uh, working in agency environment, then I, I did a bit of embedded consultancy, and now uh, I'm working as part of an in-house recruitment team. Uh, and uh, the company I, uh, I work for, Derico, we are uh, a software house uh, and uh, uh, we built basically an end-to-end -end data science platform that uh, helps our customers to create value from uh, their data and have a central solution uh, central solution where they can design, deploy, govern, and manage uh, AI and analytics applications. Awesome. Thank you, Vish. Thanks, thanks, for, uh, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, Adam D., could you uh, give us an intro, please? Yeah, um, so my name's Adam Dickinson. Um, I'm the sort of the tech recruiter, essentially, um, at Metro Banks. Probably many people have, will have heard of, of Metro Bank being one of the sort of the newest high street banks anyway um, in the scene. Um, so I originally started, um, probably like everybody else, initially in agency recruitment, uh, where I did a lot of property and construction, um, then moved into tech, um, and then went back into property and construction at another firm, um, and then went in-house at Metro Bank originally did a lot of sort of credit risks, so whether that be compliance and regulation, um, as well as sort of data analytics and modeling um, in like SaaS space. Um, and then sort of last year moved into the, the tech team at, at Metro Bank really. So recruited everything from developers to architects to data privacy, the, the full the full works really. So yeah, awesome. that's, that's me. Brilliant, thank you, Adam. And um, Adam B. Yeah, hi, good afternoon. Um, yeah, I'm um, Adam, Adam B. Um, I currently work for uh, Currency Cloud, um, who you may or may not have heard of, um, but we're also part of Visa, um, who I think everyone definitely would have heard of. Um, so Currency Cloud, we are a B2B um, payment provider, so we facilitate cross-border payments. Um, I've been uh, in recruitment since 2005. Um, my whole background is tech recruitment. Um, I've recruited for, God, Java, C Sharp, 
Ruby, everything in between and around that. Um, and in the last couple of years, um, I'm director of talent here. So I'm actually more strategic now um, and I'm responsible for all of the hiring globally for Currency Cloud, which last year was about, well, this year so far, about 230 people. Um, last year, about 250 people. So um, hopefully I can give some good insights into recruiting and so on. Absolutely. Well, thank you all and a variety of um, different backgrounds and experience levels to get um, different types of opinions for, for us all here. So if we uh, if we kick off with the first um, first question, um, certainly the most thumbs up one is from Melissa. Um, what are the most common mistakes you see when people are writing CVs? So we're looking for kind of common CV mistakes, really. Um, in, in no particular order, um, Adam B, Adam Bolton, do you want to Tell us kind of the, the key mistakes, red flags that you see when people submit resumes to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so funnily enough, <laughs> I'm heading over to, uh, we're doing a women in business and tech event um, in, in the Excel tomorrow and Thursday. Cool. Um, and one of the things we're doing is a CV workshop. Um, and I've actually got a document we put together. I'm happy to share with anyone around CV tips and uh, LinkedIn tips as well. Uh, but the most common mistakes are like, um, spelling and grammar, uh, right, to, be, to begin with. Um, fonts, for some reason people think that putting some fancy joined up writing font makes their CV stand out. It doesn't, it just makes it really difficult to read. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, where, where you're based, reasons for leaving positions, uh, personal details. Um, you'd be surprised the amount of times that you try to email somebody who has written their email address incorrectly on their CV yeah, yeah. Um, or their phone number and they've typed it wrong, or has a typo in the number or something like that. Um, also, uh, I think um, the size and length of a CV, uh, the jury's out in our team on this, and we had a conversation about it yesterday, funnily enough. Um, some people think it should still be two pages. Um, I think sort of three to four. Um, I think it depends on the industry you work in, but I think certainly in, in software engineering, there's, there's quite a lot of stuff to put in there around roles that you've you've been in. Um, I am a big fan of like a matrix, you know, what are your skills and, and how skillful are you in these areas? Um, key achievements, hobbies, you know, people want to get to know you as well. Um, but really, I, I think it's um, just at the end of the day, you're, you're kind of putting yourself in the shop window, right? When you're, when you're putting, putting a CV together. Um, and I think that if you're putting yourself in the shop window, you want to sell your best self, right? So you want it to be, nice clear concise well formatted well structured um and, and just something that's nice to read um, and i don't know about uh, the other guys on on the panel here but like i actually read a cv from the bottom up oh really that's uh that, that's interesting most people and everyone's, everyone's nodding their heads if you can't see them um, like <laughs> we, we, i read from the bottom up to, to see the journey and one of my first questions i ask people when i interview them is talk to me about your journey yeah what have you done it's a good, good, good question. I, I like the point about the spelling mistakes. It's such an obvious thing, but people often forget, don't they? Especially if English isn't their first language, and and um, you know the, the little things can become the big things if if that makes sense. And if uh, if you're not passing that spelling thing you're not going to get even further when you might be a fantastic candidate for, for the company right so just to add I, I always think four eyes are better than two um, yeah. so always ask somebody to have a, a quick read over your cv um, to make sure it makes sense to them um, it can be a, doesn't have to be a recruiting but your partner they, they might spot grammatical errors or spelling errors and stuff like that so it's always good to get a second opinion yeah it's a good shout and um, what, what about you vish what what do you um what would you say are the kind of the top CV mistakes that you see people making? 
uh, first of all, that was really comprehensive from Adam B. It's very hard to add more things to it. Uh, I do something similar, uh, start bottom up, because I'd like to see a story behind their journey. Uh, and it always starts at the bottom of your CV. Um, I'm just trying to think what else we can add. Um, purely from a, a, a technology point of view, what I would say is don't add key skills that you're not comfortable with on your CV, because you can see a lot of CVs where there's millions of uh, you know key skills that's been written, where they might not have got enough depth of experience, and that kind of becomes a stumbling point during interview process. Mm. Uh, and another thing is uh, you can have the key skills, but how do you relate that uh, back to the experience that you've had with specific companies. So I would say uh, all of the key skills you've mentioned as a summary at the beginning of your CV, they need to relate back to the specific experience uh, that you've had in different companies. Uh, another thing at uh, when it comes like graduate intern level, uh, you know, everybody comes uh, from a you know similar sort of level from an experience point of view. So there's not a lot to add there. So what can you talk about outside your uh, you know, uh, your experiences such. So things like, uh, uh, you know, a blog page where you've maybe talked about an experience of going to an event or a new certification you've taken or uh, a GitHub project where, uh, you know, you've made some contributions or learned something new. So these sort of things at the graduate level, especially, will make a lot of uh, difference and uh, show their natural interest towards progressing in technology. That's a good point. Melissa actually commented as you were writing that saying, I am a graduate. So that's certainly relevant for, for her and her situation. Um, I, I feel like, yeah, you know, you'll look at 10 junior developer CVs or junior 10 uh, new recent tech graduates and they'll be exactly the same. So so it's often good to have those side hustles, those personal projects, those blogs and, and so on to, to show that you're doing, um, you know, going the extra mile to, to, to stand out, if that makes sense. Um, Adam Dickinson, what, what, what would you add to, to this, please? In terms I mean, of again, it's, it's going to be quite difficult, to be honest. But um, I think that one of the biggest things for me is... Um, telling people what you've actually done in a job rather than just listing skills. I get a lot of tech CVs where people just list technologies that they've worked with. Mm. I just find that one a bit, it's because I think the part, part is we as recruiters can generally read between the lines and read into what they're doing, but hiring managers are always then going to come back to us and ask us to either get the information or just reject the CV on the basis of that. Um, I think another good one as well is, I guess if it's for graduates, it might not be so relevant, but state whether one of the, whether your role was contract or perm. Yeah. Again, we can we as recruiters can read between that, especially if you've done contract recruitment. Um, if you see someone with loads of three, six, nine months stints, you're like, what a great candidate. This person gets jobs. I want to I want to place them somewhere. Whereas hiring managers look at that and go, well, they bounced around a bit. Why why have they why have they bounced around? Um, so I think stating, stating that is always a good one as well. Mm. Um, and then the dates that you've worked places as well, we just get maybe years that people have worked there. I think it's always good to just put month to year, because again, if someone just puts 2011 to 2015, is that December 2011 to <laughs> when is that? Um, so I think it's just sometimes it can be stating the obvious, but I think you want to look at someone's CV, or like you want to hire a manager to look at your CV and not have a lot of questions off the back of that. You want them to just look at it and understand it and think, ah, easy to read. Yeah, I want to see them. Yeah, no, no, good points. Um, I think 
hopefully there's something there from everyone, Melissa, that, that helps. I know I, I certainly took away a few things from that. Re- reading the CV bottom up, I've never done that before, but I'm going to give that a go. That's, uh, <laughs> that's an interesting thing to try. Um, Noor Mohammed, um, not, not the most um, uprated uh, query, but what one I wanted to, to get at, um, said that I've recently moved to the UK and I've just started looking for my first position here which UK job boards are the most popular, which I can check out. So not now Mohammed's looking for examples of places where he can go and apply for jobs, basically. He's just arrived in, in the country from, from the looks of this. Um, we'll start with, with, with Vish. Where, where would you be, be going, Vish, if you, if you just arrived here? Where would you be going to, to apply to jobs in tech? I'm trying to think what I did like 15 years back. Um, <laughs> uh, so I would say... Uh, you know, the, uh, the recruitment market has evolved a lot over the years. So I would say the best place to put yourself in front of good tech companies is to apply directly with them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's various avenues for that. You can uh, look on LinkedIn. You can look on uh, Glassdoor, uh, read through what uh, sort of, uh, you know, environment different companies have got. And then you can uh, also, you know, shortlist uh, uh, top 500 companies look through their career site that would probably uh, be my first step uh, but then also another good opportunity is to go for events because uh, you'll get to meet people directly who are either uh, part of a HR or talent team uh, or sometimes uh, you know hiring managers itself you'll be able to put a face behind a CV because uh, you have to remember online applications there's so many applicants and this is another good step to kind of differentiate yourself where you know you go into these uh, tech hiring events and interacting with people directly yeah no good, good point I, I like the events mention you know oftentimes the, the the people that are the best at what they do they they do it not just in work hours but they go outside of work hours and they go and network and and go to these meetups so it's a really good place to, to meet some of the best people in in the industry and, and they're free to go to a lot of them on, on meetup.com so that's a good shout mate um adam uh, adam d what, what what do you what do you think <laughs> I'm going to sound really boring and basic here, but LinkedIn generally is 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 the one for us. The ma- the majority of applications that we get are through through LinkedIn. Um, depending on on obviously where you're looking for work as well. We've recently signed up to a platform called Cord, so I don't know whether many people have heard of that as well. Um, but I've I've really enjoyed using that. Um, it's as as a candidate, you can put yourself on there. You state what skills you've get you've got, and recruiters can contact you directly. However, what you can do as well, you can look for jobs on there and contact the recruiter directly as well. So before putting an application in, you can actually have a conversation with someone. So I have numerous conversations with people on a daily basis before they even apply for the job to see if it's if it's worth their while, really. Um, they're the main ones that I use. Again, I haven't applied for a job in tech, so it's probably, I'm probably not the yeah, best yeah. person to sort of say where, but from a recruiter's perspective, that's where. And, and to be honest, just contact the recruiters directly as well, whether you know them on, from LinkedIn and getting their email address and send them in an email. Everyone loves loves a referral or um, someone just coming to you directly. And recruiters are lazy people at the end of the day. We want to make people to make our lives easy for us. So if people are going to throw themselves at us, then the, the, the more the merrier, really. Absolutely. Um, Adam Bolton, do you want to finish this one off, please? Yeah, I think the guys have covered everything off, pretty much, to be honest with you. Uh, our, our, I would say our most success comes from, from LinkedIn, uh, the same uh, LinkedIn jobs. Um, you know, uh, whether you're aware or not, you can, you can actually highlight your profile as, as open to work. Um, whether you put that as a badge on your profile or not is up to you. Um, if you put it as a badge, it informs everyone that you're looking for roles. If you don't, it just informs recruiters that have access to LinkedIn recruiter um, so that they can then see that you're available. 
Um, in terms of applications, just to, just to expand on um, Adam's point there, um, we use uh, we do use Cord as well. Um, we also um, use HackerJob. Um, and in the past, I have used Hired as well. So these are like platforms basically for people to, to, to go into and, and, and um, be able to apply and, and communicate with the companies directly. Um, and then I think as Vish said, just jump on the company's website. Um, you know, I think years ago when I was in agency recruitment, nobody really updated their jobs because it was like these static pages that lived on companies' websites. Um, now, you know, we all use applicant tracking systems, right? And these ATSs, as soon as you put a job up, it goes live on your website. As soon as you take it down, it comes off the website. So, uh, yeah, I'd be pretty confident that, that, that most companies nowadays actually have live vacancies on their websites. Okay, awesome. I think between those answers, we have Indeed, we've got LinkedIn, we've got recruiters, we've got applying directly, we've got Cord, got a number of platforms to check out. So hopefully, um, Nor Mohammed, there's some useful insights in, in, in there that will help. Um, if we go to, to Michael, so Michael says, my company uh, recently made the decision to go fully remote and close our only office. Um, I could handle hybrid working well, but ever since I've been 100% work from home, I've been struggling to stay focused and productive. Uh, do you have any tips that you could share to help me with this, please? So um, tips to help people with WFH when they are perhaps struggling to do that in a in an isolated environment, whereas perhaps uh, they're used to working in an office. Um, should we go, um, Adam D? What, what what would you say? I'm scratching my head there, to be honest. <laughs> I think everyone everyone works everyone works differently, and I've, obviously, I, I, yeah. When when we were fully remote, I think that I, I didn't enjoy it. To be honest, I think we we now in Metro going once every two weeks, and it it is quite nice. But I think if people went in more, I think I'd quite I'd quite like that, to be honest. But I think staying focused, I think it's it's got to come from within realistically and and i i can struggle with it as well like procrastinating and things but i think the the biggest thing for me and what i like to do is have have lists and and just write right what what do i want to achieve today um and and, and make sure i'm i like to physically write it down so i can then physically scribble it out when it's done as well i don't like doing it on the computer because i look at the end of it and it's just a deleted word document and i don't feel like i've achieved anything whereas i've looked look at me notepad i feel like i've achieved stuff um what I like to do as well to try and keep myself on task is I love a clean inbox. So if my inbox is over 10 emails, I'm, I'm panicking, thinking, right, what, yeah, what I, need to, I need to do work here. Um, so if I need to action something, I leave it in my inbox. So it's sort of hovering there and I don't like it. So then when I've done it, I can delete it. But it's, it's sort of always there as a reminder for me to do something. Um, I think you've probably just got to come up with you, with your own methods as well. I don't want to be wanting to say put music on. I, I personally just like to have podcasts on in the background or just sort of videos on YouTube just playing away in the background because I don't like sort of sitting in silence and working either. Um, I think you've just got to try out different things and, and see what's best for you, really. Um, but that that's sort of what works works for me. But I don't know about the other guys. The, the the sitting in silence one is um, it, it's so true. I remember when lockdown first happened, I would listen to fake background office uh, sounds to uh, to try and trick myself uh, to to prevent myself from going to watch Netflix or, or something. But yeah, um, but yeah, man, it's uh, you, you're right. You know, crossing stuff off on a piece of paper is so much more satisfying. I, I know for, for yeah. me personally than a, a to do app. Um, but what about um, Vish? What what do you um, what, what advice would you give in terms of trying to stay productive when working from home? 
Um, so to give you a bit of context, I work fully remote and I have been doing that for the last uh, three, three and a half years. Uh, it's a hard one. And like Adam D said, uh, a lot of it is about you and how you manage your work and time uh, really effectively. So I'll talk about a couple of things that work really well for me. So I think I started off just uh, you know, working off my laptop. Sometimes I'm on a desk, sometimes I'm on a sofa. And before you realize you're not productive anymore and you're very uh, uh, you know, distracted. So the first thing I did uh, was uh, to actually plan my day properly at the beginning of the day, uh, look at the things I need to get done and go through them one by one. Um, second thing is, I think a lot of companies nowadays with the world changing around remote working will support you with uh, proper DSC assessments and getting you the kit you require to, you know, get your workstation as close as possible to uh, what an office space could be. So be it a desk, a standing desk, monitors, whatever is required, uh, have a professional setup at home. Uh, and um, the other thing is, I think nowadays with the virtual world, it's very easy to have meetings which are just business and the human interaction kind of disappears. So make a conscious effort to uh, you know, have that 15 minute uh, or half an hour chat with your colleagues once a week or something. So we do something called uh, random donut where we get to meet different colleagues from different parts of the business, just intros, coffee chat, not talking about work, uh, having icebreaker uh, exercises in team meetings before it gets into the business stuff. So just try and get that uh, personal interaction uh, and not just meetings day in, day out, which are just purely business. I think that can really uh, drain you out very quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um... If you're just on Zoom, 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 team, team, teams, and it's just about work, it's it's draining. So you're speaking to a screen all the time. I, I like your point about having a professional setup as well. I see so many people that work from their kitchen table, and it's um, it, not only is it terrible for your back, probably, but it's I know I'd, I'd probably struggle to stay focused. Um, what, what about Adam Bolton? How, how would you um kind of finish up this point? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I'm a bit different to everyone else. I, I like quiet. Um, I, I kind of sit there. I very rarely put the music on. I used to, and then I don't know why, but my brain started typing the lyrics. Um, so <laughs> I just, if I put anything on, it has to be instrumental, so there's no words happening. But um, but I, I think um, for me nowadays, I'm, I'm I'm relatively lucky in the fact that we, we had a utility room at home. I say utility room; it was just loads of folded laundry everywhere, never got put away. Um, but when lockdown kicked in, I converted that into this is my office now. Um, so, you know, I have a room that is dedicated to, to my work. Um, I never walk around the house. I never go and sit in the sitting room or in the kitchen or anything. I, I just, that's my room. That's where I work. Um, but I, I think it's I, I think it's super important to have that um, that space that's yours. Um, I, I just want to wind back a few years. Um, in 2013, I started out on my own after working in an agency for several years. Um, and I was in a, a, a two bed, semi detached house, two small children. My wife and me, and there was no space for anything else. Um, and what I actually did was converted under the stairs into a makeshift desk. Um, and it literally was like Harry Potter. <laughs> I used to shut the door behind me in this little, I don't know, eight foot long box. But that was my zone. That was where I worked. Um, and I and I find that that really helps. And one of the things that, that, that we do um, here at, at Currency Cloud, uh, we try and encourage people. We're remote first, right? Um, so we try and encourage people to come to the office occasionally. Um, but one of the things that we, as we, we remote first, we've grown quite quite massively over the last couple of years. We've gone from like 200 to these 600 people. Um, we're dotted all over the UK um, and, and the world. Um, and we try and say to people, you know, if you're, you've got other currency crowders in your locale, 
go and have a coffee together, work in a coffee shop together, um, those kind of things. No, they don't necessarily have to be in your team, just some someone that you can just sit and, and chat to and work so you feel like you're still having those interactions with people. Um, and what we do in my team um, is we have three different things during the week. Um, one of them being, we call them a chin wag, um, which is half an hour on a Tuesday morning and half an hour on a Thursday afternoon. We have colleagues in Singapore, so they uh, come in on the Tuesday morning and, and, and the US on a Thursday afternoon. They are what they are. They're a chin wag. We just chat about anything. Normally ends up as being talking about food because we all like eating um, and then once a week on a Wednesday we do a thing called a fuddle we do half an hour worth of updates like a huddle and then we do half an hour worth of uh, I call it mandated fun because uh, we have like a rotor uh, and every week somebody's responsible for doing something fun um, we've done loads of different things but it just it, it just means that it's it's not all work you're, mm. you, you, know, you see yourself you're sitting on with hangouts teams zooms it's fatiguing and sometimes you need to just have those moments. Like if you're, in, I'm in the office today, and when you're in the office, you have those moments where you go and chat to someone. You're not constantly working the whole day. Um, so I think those sort of breakouts away from from what you're doing are really super important. Absolutely, I think you've all got a common theme there in that you have meetings which are non-agenda meetings. So they're not for the purpose of work. They're for the purpose of of um, culture and and keeping the team together at, you know not just from a work perspective which is brilliant you know when when the the hearts and then the, the mind second um if we do, do final question um and we'll, we'll keep it rapid fire just before we, we we run out of time but um zach has been promoted to their first ever leadership role and they will, will soon will need to start recruiting for his team um do you have any advice uh, for zach to help him attract the best candidates uh, i'm not sure exactly what you're looking to recruit zach but if we just do it as a general overall um type of person um Adam Bolton, do, do you want to give us kind of just your kind of key tip? What would be your kind of single piece of advice for, for Zach to help him get the best people? I think she needs to contact you, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's step one, step one. But what about, what about, um, no, step I, think, I, I think the, the most important thing um, that I've, I've certainly done in the last couple of years is have a very clear set of um, uh, objectives when when you're hiring um, and be very clear on what good looks like because good is subjective you need to have a very very uh specific guidelines of what answers you're looking for from people to the questions that you're asking them so that you know you 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 are judging everyone based on the same questions yeah that's good what about you vish What, what, what would you say um be proactive as a hiring manager so i think uh, that's the key for me uh, lead the lead the whole process uh, and uh, be an advocate of uh, uh, you know referrals uh, getting your team to uh, submit referrals making sure yeah good looks like that's i think the nail that's the biggest point for me uh, have clarity about the role right from the beginning and be proactive as a manager Absolutely. And uh, Adam Dickinson, how would you finish? Yeah, I think for me, it's probably sometimes just don't look for perfection. I think especially if it's going to be permanent hiring, you want you want to get people in the team that you can at least you want people to be able to develop. And that's the reason a lot of people will go and join companies because they want to learn something new. They want to develop and take their career forward. So if you think actually this person's maybe not 100 percent what I'm looking for, but they're 60, 70 percent. I like them and I can see them developing then go with that. So don't always focus on just trying to get the perfect person absolutely 
Cool. Well, thank you all for, for giving us your expertise today and, and, and your opinions and your thoughts. Um, we're up to 717 people actually in, in the live chat. So um, that's a good turnout. And I noticed a lot of those people have, have just joined in the past 10 minutes. So we are finishing up right now, but this will be on Spotify in the next half an hour. So you can go back and watch the recording if, if you did miss it. Um, just before we, we finish up, just a reminder, this, this episode has is, is obviously been brought to you by wheelofalpha.com, uh, where we've got the mad front-end Picasso-like React developers. We've got legit full-stack coding aliens from the Java world and people that are Microsoft by day and by night from a .NET C-sharp perspective. So for those needing software developers, uh, wheelofalpha.com is where you need to go. But th thank you to, to Adam, to, to, to Adam, to, to Vish for, for taking the time. Make sure you're um, subscribed on Spotify for, for new episodes. We've got them coming out almost daily at the moment. And um, and yeah, th thanks for, for your time, gentlemen. And, and, and thanks for, for people for watching as well. Thanks very much, guys. Take care. Imagine if you were able to hire the next Elon Musk. Or if you got a job at Facebook, back when it was just a startup. Well, these people and these opportunities, they are still out there. And we have access to them. Access to all of them. At Alpha Technology, we specialize in software development recruitment across London and the UK. From React to Java to C Sharp and more, we represent the best front end, back end, and full stack engineers on the market. This includes top developers from Meta, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, and more. Our clients operate across AI, blockchain, VR, AR, fintech, edtech, healthtech, and more. From startups to global enterprises and everything in between. But Alpha isn't just a recruitment agency. We are also a tech community. We host podcasts, run meetup events, and lead EDI initiatives, supporting women in technology, BAME individuals, and the tech for good ecosystem. So, if you're a company looking to hire software engineers, or if you're a developer open to new opportunities yourself, then we are here to help. Alpha Technology. Recruiting for the future.